You know, I suppose I could wax poetic and uh, make up a glorious introduction for our next guest, but we've got so many questions for him. I want to go straight to him, and it's Aaron O'Toole, who is, of course, the leader of the uh, progressive, conser- progressive Conservative. Welcome to Ontario, the uh, Canadian uh, Conservative Party. And Aaron, good morning. Good morning, Peter. Great to be back with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on again. You know, there, there's so much talk of uh, an impending election, and uh, this morning we spent a, a fair amount of time uh, on this whole issue of people, beginning with Jagmeet Singh of the NDP, but I've got to tell you, uh, Democracy Watch was on with us, at least a representative of Democracy Watch, talking about how they, as of now, have 4,000 people who have signed a petition to the uh, Governor General saying we don't need an election, and by the way, uh, it, it's not even legal to have an election anymore on a snap basis without having uh, lost the confidence of parliament which trudeau has not well i i agree it's not the time for an election in fact some of the risks of a, of a fourth wave means we're still in this crisis and we have to be prudent it's great to see canadians doing their part and getting vaccinated and it's great to see some reopening and but we can't lose sight of the risks and so uh, our approach is health of canadians first and then securing the economic future for the country, minimizing the risk, the inflation of Trudeau's runaway spending. So we have a Canada's recovery plan that I think you know about, Peter. So I'm talking about that. And at an appropriate time, when we're through these, these rapids, uh, have an election. But Mr. Trudeau always puts his self-interest ahead of the national interest. Well, you have been in Ontario. It's one of the reasons you're on with us today. You've been in Ontario. You've been bringing mainly an economic message to people. What is it you're saying? What is going to differentiate what you would do as Prime Minister of Canada, given that uh, you become that, that uh, that changes things dramatically from what uh, Mr. Trudeau is doing? Well, Canada needs to lead again, both at home and around the world. And the last pandemic has just shown that we're behind. We're not even self-sufficient in vaccines. A hundred years ago, we gave insulin to the world. Now we have to rely on other people. So I'm a person of action, military, private sector, get things done. So in March, we launched a five-point Canada recovery plan. Jobs, accountability, mental health, more preparedness, and getting the budget back under control. That's what we need coming out of the craziest time in our lifetime, Peter, is a plan to secure jobs and opportunity. And we don't need more of the, the, the same from Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh who propped him up whenever he needed it. So we're offering a clear alternative and I'm the first uh, leader from Ontario in, in many, many years and would be the first prime minister from the GTA ever. So if people want a plan to get the country moving again, Canada's conservatives have that plan. With nothing but respect, and you know that I speak that way to you, um, that's a that's a great idea. You know, it's a, this is the the kind of plan that you want. However, uh, a plan and uh, the ability to put it together and into action, we owe a fortune. You know, we've we've printed money like it was going out of style. Um, we're probably at the end of our rope when it comes to borrowing uh, and changing course. And this is a dramatic reversal. Is not going to be something that you're going to do in your first month or two in office. Well, we've said the fifth pillar of our plan, getting our fiscal house in order, we said we'd get back to balance over the course of the next decade. In the short term, Peter, and I'm at Sheridan College today announcing an amazing ramp up of skills training, making sure we don't have the, the, the labor shortages we have. Think about it. We have unemployment. We have Mr. Trudeau 
extending the CERB, restaurants, tourist operators can't even find people because Mr. Trudeau's encouraging people not to work when there are jobs. So we need to, to ramp up skills training. We need to help highly affected sectors like travel and tourism because it's only a private sector recovery that's going to let us boom the economy, get the spending down. We will do that. The Conservatives did that in the last global recession. We kept taxes low. We got expenditures down and balanced the budget. That's exactly what we need now, clear and effective leadership. Okay. Um, I want to move to a couple of subjects that are uh, mainstream in the news today. And one of them is the sentencing of uh, Mr. Schellenberg in China. He's been sentenced to death. He's got one more chance with their uh, so-called Supreme Court. And um, it's it's pretty scary. Uh, so I want to know, number one, what you think of what's going on there and, and whether you think that the government of the day is doing everything that it uh, could in order to secure. I don't know that it's his release because I don't know. This predates uh, the whole issue of Meng Wanzhou, which is uh, another kettle of fish. But uh, does, does Schellenberg's sentencing, which dates back to a crime that was purportedly committed uh, in, I guess it was 2018, um, tie into changes that are now beginning to unfold in the situation with Meng Wanzhou? Well, I'm horrified by the situation with Mr. Schellenberg. They're imposing a death sentence on a Canadian citizen for political reasons, for pressure on the, uh, on the, the Miss Ming case and the Huawei executive in Vancouver, who is free on bail, Peter, and gets the most safe and honest and open, transparent justice system in the world. Our citizens, Mr. Schellenberg, and of course, the two Michaels, are at the whims of a fraudulent justice system that's run by the Communist Party of China. So um, I've said we have to use tools like Magnitsky sanctions, apply much more pressure uh, with our allies. And, you know, we're really proud of our athletes that just left Tokyo. Should we be sending our athletes uh, to a country that is imposing death penalties on our citizens, imprisoning citizens as diplomatic pawns that is committing a genocide against a minority population in their own country. We have to stand up to the bad conduct of China. Canada's a smaller country, but we're a giant compared to China when it comes to our commitment to values and, and rights. And I think we need to stand up more, but that'll never happen under Justin Trudeau. It will under me. So as far as you're concerned, there is a definite link between Meng Wanzhou and Schellenberg. Well, 100%. As you said, his drug smuggling and that sort of criminal process in China took place before the, the extradition case of, of Ms. Meng. And so the, the imposing of the death sentence came at a time that it was seen as a direct response to the Communist Party. And remember, the... The CFO of Huawei is the daughter of the founder. That's kind of like a uh, royalty in the state-owned enterprise uh, ecosystem of China. So China is willing to basically kidnap people, put them in jail to apply diplomatic pressure. They've done this to some other countries before as well, Peter. So we have to actually take a leadership role within, within NATO, within the Five Eyes, Canada has great alliances, but we're not taken seriously under Mr. Trudeau. We have to show pressure because China will only respond to strength, not weakness that they see repeatedly from Justin Trudeau. All right. Let me ask you about vaccine passports. This is uh, under debate now by a lot of organizations in the province of Ontario because there on the east is Quebec and there on the west is Manitoba. 
One has already implemented in the case of Manitoba. One is going to, at least it's been announced by Premier Legault in the province of Quebec. Uh, what we have here is uh, our Premier saying, I don't want to split society. But if you take a look at society right now, it's doing a pretty good job of splitting itself in the sense that, you know, here's a campus that will allow you on unvaccinated. Here's another campus that says, no, you have to have vaccination papers. You've got companies doing that. Uh, and and um, so at this point, we have no resolution. Now, I know that at the federal level, uh, we're talking about issuing an international travel passport. That's not the same thing. What would you do in terms of vaccine passports with regard to uh, a trans-Canada situation, or would you do anything? Well, you talked about splitting the population. After six years, Mr. Trudeau, the country is split. We have three separation movements in different provinces of the country that quite frankly, didn't exist. At least two of them didn't exist a few years ago. And Manitoba's doing one thing, Quebec's doing another. We've said the federal government needs to supply vaccines, rapid tests, run our border better, particularly at the beginning and then at the variant stage of this crisis, Trudeau has failed. I'll respect what the provinces choose to do because sadly, Peter, and you know this covering how, how many closures there were in Toronto, the provinces, when Mr. Trudeau didn't give the supply of vaccines early enough, they had to make the tough decisions on closures. So how they approach proof of vaccinations, I, I was vaccinated in Ontario. I have my, my emails of proof of vaccination that I used when I went out to Atlantic Canada, for example. Um, but how they manage that, Peter, is, is I'm going to respect the provinces. There's rights that people have and responsibilities, and we all have a responsibility to try and, and follow health guidance. Well, you know, the, the, I, I respect what you're saying on the one hand. On the other hand, there are rights for people who have gone out and done what you've done and what I've done and what 81 or 82% of our uh, colleague uh, Ontarians have done, which is get vaccinated. And, and we take a look at the numbers of people who are being hospitalized, and it seems that the predominant factor there is unvaccinated people. So if, if uh, we're to avoid further lockdowns or further restrictions to our freedoms, we have to make sure that we get more people vaccinated. And obviously we can't do it by begging because we've been doing that. I agree with you. You know, let's first off give credit where credit's due. Canada was months behind the U.S. And I'm sure you know as many people as I do, Canadians that were vaccinated in the U.S. in the early part of the year. But our lower levels of vaccine hesitancy meant we rocketed ahead. So this is thanks to the good work of Canadians. So let's praise that and let's get vaccinations up even more. That's why my wife and I uh, videoed our, our vaccination process, Peter. It's important to get vaccinated. We need to drive that up. And people should know there's rights and responsibilities. And, and the rights you exercise may mean that that you, you have limitations, whether it's on international travel and other things. So let's let's educate people. Let's get the vaccination levels up, and, and I'll play any role in that I can. Aaron O'Toole, it's always a pleasure, and I wish you well. Thank you, Peter. Be well.